Well, hello again, friends, and welcome back. Welcome to episode 14 in our bi-weekly series of Saving Christianity. We're coming to you every other Tuesday from Christian Family Online. And I'm your host, John Shields, and welcome to today's podcast. Now, this episode is a sequel, or maybe better said, part two of the previous episode, episode 13. You may remember that it had the title, The Infant Christian. That's right, The Infant Christian. Now, that previous episode was based on chapter 8 in the book, Saving Christianity. And we talked how non-Christians become Christians. We said it happens when non-Christians get tired of all their trouble, their selfishness is causing them. And they pray to give their lives to Jesus. And that causes them to have a personal Pentecost in which the Holy Spirit and baptizes their inner spirits in supernatural power. And this awakens their sleeping inner spirits to start motivating them and makes them Christians. Now they're new Christians. And they have a second inner motivator that can resist their natural inclinations, their natural selfishness. Now, that second motivator is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And if they allow him to do it, he will produce in them the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But he can only do that if we allow him to motivate us. Mm -hmm. And many Christians don't do that. And therefore, we remain as infant Christians. They'll go to heaven when they die, but they're not living any part of heaven while here on earth. And then finally, we said that the reason new Christians don't allow the Holy Spirit to motivate them is because today's institutional Christianity doesn't teach infant Christians how to live a spirit-filled life. It doesn't teach how to live the early Christian lifestyle that we're discussing in these episodes. So the title of this episode is The Infant Christian Crisis, The Infant Christian crisis. Now, today, this is a three way conversation between our producer, Shannon Wolf, our co founder, Owen Allen, and me. And we're going to talk about what it feels like to be an infant Christian and the trouble that today's denominations have because a lot of their members are infants and how society is actually suffering because of the infant Christians in it and what infant Christians can actually do to start growing spiritually. So we have a lot to talk about. Let's get started by introducing Shannon Wolf, our producer, and our co-founder, Owen Allen. Hello, guys, and welcome to the episode. Well, thank you, John. It's good to be here. Happy to be here. 
Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I, I'm really excited to to be in on on this episode and and uh, definitely a uh, an eye opening topic. Yeah. Now, Owen, uh, why don't you get us started? Uh, you you do the kickoff today, and <laughs> and then uh, Shannon and I will jump in with our ideas as we go along. Okie dokie. Well. You know, guys, as I think about it, uh, it seems to me that maybe the best way to start this conversation uh, is by recognizing the fact that there is a crisis in today's Christianity. Some people may not realize that, and that crisis is happening in three parts or three ways, you might call it. Mm. First, uh, as we've said so many times, attendance in the denominations is declining rapidly. Uh, you know, in the year uh, 2020, uh, many, many, most, I guess, really, uh, Christian congregations were shut down mm. by the COVID pandemic. Uh, and interestingly enough, 20% of them never reopened. So uh, this attendance of the denominations continues to plummet. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, Christians' influence on society is declining rapidly. If you don't believe that, look out the window. Mm -hmm. uh, so things are uh, disintegrating all around us. Yeah. And third, more and more pastors, priests, choir leaders, musicians, and other members, staff members, employees of the uh, today's Christian denominations are leaving, yeah. dropping out for other work. So why is all this happening? Mm. Think about it this way, or I think about it this way, as you know from a previous episode, I'm from Florida, and I've lived through many hurricanes. And I think that the Christian crisis today is like a hurricane. Because hurricanes feed themselves, if you want to call it that, uh, as they move across the surface of the ocean by drawing heat out of the water. In other words, uh, heat is the fuel of their mm. destructive power, and that's why they die when they hit land. And mm. there's no more heat for them to draw, and so they starve to death, and they just become a rainstorm. And so I think the Christian crisis is also feeding itself, if we could say that, mm -hmm. by drawing fuel from its environment. And I think we know what that fuel is that they're drawing on. Yeah. Oh, and I think that fuel <laughs> is what we've been talking about in the last few episodes the fuel that the Christian crisis is feeding on is spiritual immaturity. And uh, the fuel is the fact that today's average Christian, uh, and it, it hurts me to say this, mm -hmm. is no more spiritual than a non-Christian. Mm. You would think that would actually be an oxymoron, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> In other words, let, let's, we talked about it last time, the unspirituality, that is the un spirituality mm -hmm. of today's infant Christians is fueling the Christian crisis. Today's denominations have so many infant Christians among their members that uh, they're fueling their own destruction. Well, that's correct, John. And, and, and here's a part of the problem that many people haven't even thought about. One reason the crisis is so destructive is that it's not limited to the rank-and-file members of denominations. Mm -hmm. The crisis also includes some of the pastors and priests and elders and choir leaders, musicians, uh, other uh, denominational leaders, uh, because a lot of them, a lot of them are infant Christians too. Mm. 
You know, that's sad. And, and you know, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it. Uh, several years ago, I went to a uh, youth workers convention. Mm. And uh, uh, one of the statistics that they put out there mm-hmm. was that, that – the average lifespan or ministry span for you know student ministry, even you know for for youth pastors, uh, was about four years, and, mm, and wow. a lot a lot you know I think kicked into that. And, and you're thinking, well, maybe that's just discouragement from from people that uh, you know don't like the way they lead in student ministry, blah blah blah, whatever. But I think a lot of it, you know, now even with this topic coming back up, is mm-hmm. that that just the spiritual. Uh, immaturity because mm. we usually think of, of leaders and denominations mm-hmm. as as being uh, spiritually mature, but right. but but you know now we're saying that they're not. Mm. <laughs> Sadly, Shannon, that's totally true. Mm-hmm. I mean, polls prove it. Many of them are not. Uh, many denominational people, regardless of their job title, I mean, it can be bishop and archbishop and whatever the title could be, uh, but they're still infant Christians and. I, I let me just do that. Let me tell one quick true story that proves what we're driving at. It's a horrible story, but mm. but I'm going to tell it to our friends anyway. Recently, in our community, in the middle of the afternoon, one of our local pastors walked out into the sanctuary, threw a rope over the balcony railing, and hung himself. Mm. He committed suicide. True story. Mm-hmm. And uh, that afternoon or a little later, a TV reporter was interviewing the congregation's chief elder and asked why the pastor did it. Why did the pastor commit suicide? And here's what the elder answered. He said the pastor did it because he was, quote, human, and that he had the same, quote, stress that all other people have. Mm -hmm. So... To me, what does that elder's answer, which was published locally on the newspapers and TV channels, so that that was all told to the to the population? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this elder's answer tell us about today's pastors and priests and evangelists and and other spiritual leaders? Well, you know, it tells us that Christian leaders are infants, too, um, just like many of the rank-and-file members. Uh, even this elder uh, was mm-hmm. apparently blind to himself. Mm-hmm. And so it is It is uh, definitely something that we've said from the very beginning, from our episode one of the podcast, the reason what motivates us, why we are doing this, is uh, the problem is real. It is affecting people's lives. It's affecting our culture, our society, um, everywhere. It's, it's really uh, not untouched by this. And rather than being part of the solution, unfortunately, uh, specifically related to infancy as Christians, mm-hmm. we have become part of the problem. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's a horrible thing to look in the mirror and say, think I'm part of the problem instead right. of part of the solution. Yeah. Uh, but you know uh, the the uh, terrible things that happen uh, in the congregations that have happened to me and my family, and you think, well, I could get more blessing out of this. Uh, you, know, I remember a Christian was very angry one time, and he shouted at me, "I can find more love in the closest bar than mm. I can in this congregation." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and sadly, 
uh, dare I say, that was probably true in his life. Yeah. You know, Owen, I think about it um, um, a lot, uh, all of us, a part of the podcast here, we think about it, talk about it, read about it, discuss it. And um, I just look around and, and uh, you just ask yourself, why, uh, why is this, why has that happened? And why is it continuing to happen? And is there anything we can do about it to confront that and to hopefully change the, the trajectory of this and, and we're we're pouring all of our energy into this. Uh, one of the things we're doing, of course, is the podcast, among other things. And I, w- I was just thinking about uh, the simplicity of this in one way. We we come back to the first century, mm. and we just keep going back there to the original blueprint, to the original Christians. And uh, reading about their life and their experiences, and we see that uh, the the disconnect. We mm. see that all these many years, centuries, uh, that that pattern is not being duplicated, yeah. and that, and that just uh, breaks our heart. Well, it does, and you know, I look at us here uh, sitting together with these microphones. We, we sort of represent. In some ways, three generations. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the oldest horse in the barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, John comes along a generation or so behind me. And then Shannon, you're coming along a generation or so behind uh, John. So when you think about it, between the three of us, we cover a great span of time. <laughs> and yet, I bet you. All three of us, if we were interviewed by that news reporter, Mm -hmm. we would say that we've all seen exactly the same thing, exactly the same tragedies, problems, suicides. I know three or four pastors personally who committed suicide in my lifetime. Right. So these you have to say, hold it, time out, something's wrong somewhere. Yeah. This ain't Christianity. Right, yeah. Well, it's yeah. an interesting dynamic that you that you point that out, because I hadn't <laughs> thought about the, the three <laughs> yeah. of us yeah. know, being yeah. in, the, in, that, in that pattern. So, But, yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, thought. Uh, oh, uh, Owen and uh, Shannon, I, I come back to just uh, uh, a few thoughts about this is uh, why – uh, have we gotten it so wrong? Um, we know that the enemy is opposed to us. We know that he is the master of deception. But uh, how have we just gotten this so wrong? And why has it taken so long for us to to? And I know we're not the first ones to ever feel like that we're. Uh, on to the solution to this, right? I understand that. But for the sake of this podcast um, and, and the book Saving Christianity and all the motivation behind that, um, maybe, Owen, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Why, why is that? Why is there such a disconnect? Well, you know, John, uh, and I think Shannon would agree, uh, in this last, uh, our last episode, previous episode, number 13, we we talked about um, all of the troubles, that, and we talked about the whole 
core of the issue was that so many Christians are infants. Right. All right. In management, we taught a, a principle called linking. You cause link backwards. What caused what caused the cause. And you get back to the original cause that we call the cue ball. Mm. <laughs> and so what was the cue ball? In other words, why are so many Christians infants? Mm-hmm. There has to be a reason. Sure. Yeah. There's no saying nothing comes from nothing. You know, something caused is everything that's the law of physics so what it turns out is we talked about the day of pentecost we talked about jesus's promise i will go to heaven and i will ask the father and he will send you another helper or comforter to indwell you and give you spiritual power well but here's the trick That's not all the Holy Spirit gave us. Right. The Holy Spirit also gave us a structure, a structure for living together and relating together as Christians. And that structure, this will surprise a lot of our friends who are listening in their cars or their kitchens. Mm -hmm. That structure was the small group structure. Mm. Early Christians met in small groups of 10, 15, 18 people meeting in private homes, and their meetings were led by the Holy Spirit, not by a pastor, not by a priest, not by an elder, but by the Holy Spirit. And for three centuries, that happened, that worked that way. And then what occurred? Yeah. The Emperor Constantine, Roman Emperor, appeared on the scene and rebuilt the structure. That's what he did. Mm. And he created a big group, big building, big meeting structure that we still have today. And he outlawed Mm. Christian small groups. Yeah. And that was the turning point. Seventeen hundred years ago. And we've never, ever changed it. I'll stop with this, John. We were talking about the pandemic in 2020 and early 2021. We were talking about the fact that even in those states where the requirement for a mask has been lifted, many people still wear them. Yeah. And they don't know why. And they can't explain it, but they want to wear it. Well, that's the power of habits. That's the power of a new habit. And so what Constantine established has now become a 1,700-year habit. Yeah. And that's hard to turn around. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Owen, Shannon, I was talking to someone this week, and I used the the, – COVID uh, pandemic as an illustration, and I kind of lay that over what you just said, Owen. Uh, From Constantine forward, these 1,700 years, there was a sense in which uh, people were uh, vaccinated, uh, and, and, and they got, you know, if you get a vaccination, I'm not a doctor, but I think I understand this, that when you get the vaccination, they give you a little bit of the cure, a little bit of uh, um, of the remedy by giving you the virus itself. Whoa. 
And what that does by giving you just a little bit of it, it keeps you from getting the whole of it. Mm. And I think that's what happened. Uh, we've been vaccinated. We got just enough Christianity to keep us. Right. We, it, it's just enough of it to keep us from getting the full blown Christian experience. And so I, I, I just was kind of laying that template over it. And to me, it's a, it's a pretty good analogy. Well, as I think about it, I, I had to laugh out loud. <laughs> mm. You know, I said vaccinated, uh, inoculated against the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, what I have found, John, is many Christians, uh, and I guess this is part and parcel of being infant Christians, but many Christians, if you start talking to them about this subject, about simply what we're saying, we're talking about quality control. In a management sense, we want better quality Christian life and Christian worship, and uh, but they become angry. Mm-hmm. They become bitter, and uh, they say, you're against Christianity, and you're against the institution, and you're against this, that, and the other. Right. But that's not true at all. And, uh, you know, it's so look at all the people that have refused to take the vaccination right. in 2020 and 2021 uh, for the uh, the uh, COVID. Why would you not take the vaccination? But many people, for whatever reasons, fear and resentment and whatever it all could be, won't take it. And so what we've got to find some way it, it, it to break through that sound barrier, break through that glass ceiling, yeah. and find some way to show uh, the three of us at this table and uh, everybody everywhere that Christianity is a joyful, exciting experience. And if it's not, if you're not living daily miracles, mm. you need to look in the mirror. You know, I was thinking, uh, oh, and I was talking, uh, maybe this is just a, too simple of an illustration, but I was talking to a gentleman this week, and he said he went to a local uh, hardware store and and, uh, and bought uh, a uh, some yard equipment, uh, a, a particular piece uh, w- that we refer to as a weed eater. And um, anyway, he got home, and after getting home with this new product, he was never able <laughs> to get it started. So he was never able to use it for the very reason that it was produced. It it never benefited him. Mm. So what did he do? We took it back. He laid it on the counter and he said to the guy, Hey, this doesn't work. And, and uh, they basically said, well, well, you know, well, what are we going to do about that? And he said, well, that's your decision, but it doesn't work. I'm giving it back. I'm taking it back. Here it is. And I think because of everything that we've talking about in those, these episodes is that lots of people, uh, kind of look at their Christianity like that. We, we went somewhere, quote, the, uh, of the church mm. and we got home and we've realized, you know, this won't start. Um, this, this is not doing what the manufacturer, the person who sold me this, i.e. the minister said, this was the way it was going to work and it's not working. I, and in fact, I can't even get it started. I know where to take it back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so they just, uh, 
they just say, okay, well, you know, they advertise Lots this. Right. They advertise <laughs> this product, but I still got a bunch of weeds. <clears throat> and, you know, Shannon, I was thinking about you. Uh, you probably remember from the segment we did on me, uh, I got my start in the youth ministry. And my f- biggest and earliest lessons on spirituality and non-spirituality and the relationship between them came into youth ministry. And I think you've had a lot of that same experience. Mm. But do you find in today's younger crowd uh, the same kinds of issues that John and I found in our uh, days of youth ministry? I do, and I appreciate you asking. I think, you know, my mind just in, in hearing you guys discuss uh, you know, our opening, even, you know, with, with Pastor John is, is there's actually a few things that, that have stuck out to me and, and going mm. along with your, your COVID, um, uh, immunity or not, the immunization, uh, inoculation, whatever that word is, uh, is that I think people aren't getting the, the vaccine, uh, but also people don't want to tap into to Christianity or, you know, as you're talking, they get home and it's not working and it comes back. I think there's just a lot of fear in there of the unknown. You know, I, I've, I've made this commitment to Jesus, but I still like the way things were. You know, I, 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 you know, as as one of the things that you guys discuss a lot is change isn't change till there's change, mm-hmm. and so you know, even going back to that that uh, phrase is that uh, you know just just the fear of 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 I don't I don't know what this you know my my wife and I were discussing the vaccine and and you know whether I should get it whether I shouldn't blah 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 and all that and 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 you know ultimately the 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 good outweighs the bad with it, with it but one of my fears was that that you know my blood type would I get bell's palsy or or you know is there something else that i might would get in a long-term thing and just the fear of the long term even discussing it with my mom uh you know just the fear of the long term uh and so i think that's one thing that that can keep us in that in that uh immature or in that in that um uh infant stage of, of even of christianity is i don't I just you know kind of like peter i don't I'm not, i want to step on the edge of the boat <laughs> but i'm not ready to dip my toes in the water or maybe i am just dipping my toes in the water you know mm. uh you know a, a whitewater rafting term is a lily dipper uh you know i'm kind of just putting my paddle just a little bit in the water instead of getting all the way in and so uh, i think that that um uh in my mind sticks out uh, as far as um, student ministry and, and even looking at some of our topics that we were, you know, that we could possibly discuss, you know, alcoholism, suicide, porn, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, sex outside of marriage. There's just so many things that that can keep us in that infancy if we allow it to. And and, and so, yes, to answer your question, yes, uh, you know, that's not just an adult thing. I mean, that's, that's, that's a student, that's a, a child. I mm. mean, you know, it's those, those aren't just adult topics, you know, those are, 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 you know, topics, um, Everybody. human, human topics. Exactly. That's and so, good. um, and so it, it, it really does, um, um, span the, you know, it, it's, it's everyone. So, yeah. But you know what, Shannon, you just said something I don't think we've ever mentioned on these episodes. And I'll say it this way. I was talking to a man um, three or four days ago sitting at my kitchen table, and we were talking about the joys of Christianity and Mm. the wonderful fruit of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit Mm. and living a little bit of heaven on earth. We were talking about angels and wonderful things. And he looked at me a minute and he said, you know what? 
He said, that would scare the death out Mm -hmm. of my congregation. Mm -hmm. And I just stared at him. But Mm -hmm. I knew that was true. Because, Shannon, one of the most frequent things people say to me is, well, I don't know about that now. I'd I'd be afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think so often, I don't care what version of the Bible you look in, and there are over 400 versions, Mm -hmm. you look in in the chapter 5 of Galatians, you will not find Mm -hmm. the fruit of the Spirit Mm -hmm. Uh, listed there containing the word fear. Mm-hmm. In fact, Paul wrote, we were not given a spirit of fear. Correct. So the Holy Spirit does not have fear in him, mm. and he doesn't give it to us. So where does fear come from? Right. Mm. What a priest I used to know used to call stinky flesh. <laughs> it comes from our human nature. And so that's the first hurdle we have to get over. There ain't nothing scary about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and I'm thinking about this. um, uh, I watch a military show, and um, I I really, really enjoy it. I kind of live vicariously uh, through these uh, actors portraying those in the military. And uh, one of the things, it's a very elite team that this show was um, made about and one of the things that they the leader of that team says all the time uh, no matter what what the issue is no matter what it is he says work the problem Mm. work the problem work the problem in other words we're not going to stop we're going to work the problem we're not going to take no for an answer we're going to we're going to work the problem work Mm. the problem and so one of the things we're trying to do through this podcast, the book, and other other means is to work the problem. Yep. We're trying to work the problem. We're not going to be uh, just satisfied and say, "Oh, nothing can be done." Right. Um, and I and I and I think and I'm not throwing bouquets at ourselves, but I think we pretty much have um, or, or reached some conclusions about um, the problem and what the problem is. I'd just like to add one more, and maybe we could kind of shift the topic a little more towards some solutions here. Um, I think about it um, in this way. Um, I think one of the significant uh, failures, you know, uh, of the body of uh, within the body of Christ, or the family of God, Christianity, the church, whatever term we use, uh, particularly related to the leadership that we call pastors. Now, I want to quickly insert there that I am currently a practicing minister, okay? I pastor a local congregation, so I'm looking in the mirror as I say this, uh-huh. is that uh, it's the, the Christian experience, not intentionally, uh, but we have not given people the whole truth mm-hmm. uh, we haven't uh, discussed for them and and so they are looking at us kind of kind of as the 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 expert if you will and uh, and if we are not able to talk to them about the solution and the Christian experience and um, they're gonna have to scratch and claw and find it out for themselves and and people are not doing that. And so therefore the the problem just continues to happen um, over and over again, century after century. And uh, you can see our little to no influence um, in our culture, in our society 
which is opposite of what happened in the first century. They had a huge impact on the society and culture and world. And we talk about it, how they literally changed the the landscape um, of the world. And that, and that's what we want to, we want to come back and, We've really done people a disservice, right? We've just oh we just turned Christianity into an afterlife insurance policy, <laughs> and um, and that is 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 so. Um, there's many many words I could think about about that, but it's a tragedy, and so um, rather than just uh, wallow in our in our uh, frustration over that, we we really are trying to. Uh, move towards some solutions you've already mentioned one and this uh something that was lost is the small group experience totally i'm a small group person yeah you know i was thinking too shannon about about this about uh uh, most of the um this hurts this hurts Mm. john but Mm. normally when you talk to pastors and elders and priests and uh, people, uh, deacons, and all the people in authority in the institution, and you talk about, uh, or they talk about, they get in the pulpit on the Lord's Day, and they talk about making things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got books on church growth and church improvement and all these type of things, dozens and dozens of books in the bookstore. And what they all come down to work harder at what we've got. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you're going to improve, attend more and give more and mm-hmm. work harder and serve on more committees mm-hmm. and preach longer sermons yeah. and sing longer songs and, and don't sing four stanzas, now sing five stanzas and push the envelope on what we've got. And I sometimes say that's like trying to make a lead airplane fly. Yeah. You know, it's huh. it's not going to get off the ground no matter how hard you push it. Yeah, and I don't mean to sound that negative, but I, I just I think it's important that we get that we're just uh honest and real about authentic about this and exactly what you're talking about is for instance um, somehow, uh, some somewhere along the way, we transitioned from hymns that are uh, beautiful, well written, deep, deep uh, Bible based hymns, and we 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 came to this conclusion. Oh no no no! Let's uh, a modern, more contemporary. That's going to be better. That's going to work. And then we said, well, no, we need to do away with the pews, and we just need to have chairs, and we need to do away with stained glass, and we need to have paint our entire sanctuary black. And then we said, well, no, no, we just need uh, better sound systems and smoke machines, and we need uh, uh, all kinds of flashing lights and, and all, all of these, these sorts. Of things, and then we said, "Well, no. What we probably need to do is is do away with formal clothing. Uh, just come in your flip flops and your shorts. That maybe that'll work." And uh, so, it, yes, we can see on and on. But the proof's in the pudding. Uh, and the fact nobody's is, yeah, nobody's getting any more spiritual. Uh, our influence is not strengthening; it's weakening. Um, and, and 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 we see 
back to all of the polling that is just uh, so disturbing. There's no difference between um, unbelievers and believers, which doesn't even seem possible uh, how that could be. So literally, clearly, we can see, uh, we can, as you said, Owen, we just take the same issue and tweak it and somehow think it's going to be better. If I change the color, if I change this, whatever. Well, see, I don't want to be hokey, but I think <laughs> uh, Shannon will like this too. I mean, this is so trite, it's nauseating. <laughs> but what that really is is arranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, all the while it was sinking. Yeah, yeah, while the water's bubbling up around your knees, you're lining them up. Right, yeah. Well, it's sort of funny, but you know, as the old joke says, you have to laugh to keep from crying. Crying, you know? yeah. Well, but see, there's a reason. Yeah. Everything has yes. a reason. Yeah. So um, we've told the story. I don't think I actually told this story, but we've. Uh, I tell the story about um, the decision I made in my life that either Christianity was a hoax or Christians today are doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And after I prayed about it and thought about it for several weeks, I made a decision. I think we all have to do that. Yeah. No, Christianity is real. And yes, we are doing something wrong. And I'm going to find out what it is and fix it. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, kind of really give give your life to yeah. uh, trying to, 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 to help people to understand um, the truth. And, and uh, for, for me, uh, similar, Owen, I, you know, I, I knew the Lord in, in terms of infancy. I guess you could say I remained an infant for uh, um, until, you know, 10, 12, 14 years after my initial uh, of conversion. And uh, after we met and we began our discussions talking about all of these sorts of things, and it literally, uh, you know, changed everything, for, you know, everything. So uh, I think trying to get this out to people is just uh, huge for us um, it, to help people to understand that there is more to the Christian experience than infancy. And uh, God has so, so much more for us. He does. He does. I'm sure you agree, Shannon. I do. And I've got, there, there's a couple of things that I, th- I think about y'all's relationship and, 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 you know, the longevity that you guys have had and, 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 you know, just hearing Pastor John uh, describe um, your relationship is there's, there's two words that come to mind of the many words that belong in that type of a, of a small group setting. A small group is two people. That's the minimum, you know, is, is two. And, and so, uh, but two words that come in there that, that, you know, not only, uh, apply to our members and our students or, or whoever, but also to our to our pastors uh, and and church workers is uh, accountability um, is is something that we don't like, but it's something that we need. Mm. Um, and then also the second word is teachability uh, mm. is, is remaining teachable. And I I, I I don't remember 
the exact uh, sermon or, or or when it was, but I do remember that it was Pastor John that said it that you know that that we've got to remain teachable, and and I'm sure we've read about it many times, but mm. but um, it's one thing that I try. People ask me a lot, you know a lot of times, a couple times a year, I, I guess you'd say, is is you know you're ever going to move into adult ministry? You know, you're just going to stay <laughs> in student ministry. And, and my answer to that is, you know, right now God is not leading me into into adult ministry to take over, you know, and, and or anything like that, or to to start a church or anything like that, because students are teachable. Uh, you know, yeah. and and, Whoa, and, and, and and the adults, we, I'll include myself in this, is is we we are not teachable and and or we're you know limited in our teachability. And well, I like that sermon. That was a good sermon Sunday. Well, if it was good, then what are you doing about it? You know, and <laughs> what am I doing about it? You know, and and so uh, I'll I'll stick with students because they 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 still seem to be teachable. And and so you know uh, even even you know as pastors, we've got to remain teachable and 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 including that accountability. Uh, and so you know. I I love that y'all's relationship has been that that teacher mentor, mm-hmm. you know, and I consider you guys teachers and mentors of mine as well. And 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 again, not that I get it right all the time, but just just one thing that my wife and I try to talk about with our with our our kids, just our three, is 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 just to remain teachable. You've got to always be be always be learning and, and always be changing. Uh, you can't get stuck in your ways as you're talking about, you know, you're stuck into the carpet and, and, and changing this and changing this. Well, you're changing the exterior, but nothing's changing ah, inside. Excellent. Right. The yeah. old lady, I, you know, I used to know a lady used to say when she was putting on her makeup, she would say, well, I got to put a little paint on the old barn. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what we do, don't we? We paint the barn. But what about the animals inside? Mm. <laughs> you know, and there, there's a. I love what you said, Shannon. About uh, sometimes, uh, I'll confess this to John. Sometimes mm. I wish I was back in the youth ministry. You know, because yeah. the greatest changes that I saw in my life and in other people's lives uh, was in the incredible, incredible years I spent in the youth ministry. And I want to say something, too, that's so important. I hadn't planned to say this, but I will. Mm. I was reading a book about the Navy SEALs this uh, week, and this SEAL that wrote the book said something I'd never thought about in those words. He said, you know, he was talking about his training as a SEAL. But here's what he said. He said, you know, one year of practical experience is worth a lifetime of theory. Mm, yeah. One year practical experience is worth a lifetime of theory. And that's what I found in the youth ministry. We didn't have much theory. Mm. You know, we didn't have long uh, uh, sermons and <laughs> yeah. long teachings and everything. Yeah. We just prayed and rejoiced in the Spirit, and we saw healings mm. and miracles that you would not believe. Yeah. And here's the kicker, Shannon. Mm. When I graduated to adult ministry, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, that's all she wrote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I would like to, to guys— I'd like to, to throw in something as an encouragement to people. Now, let's go back to my weed eater illustration. <laughs> Suppose uh, that when he laid the product back on the counter, the, the the gentleman said, well, did you turn the on and off switch? Did you? Oh, I didn't realize there was one. Well, did you actually put any fuel in it? Oh, you have to do that? Uh, wait a minute. I don't see any string. 
you, you didn't put any str- – oh, no, I didn't know to do that. So my point of that illustration is the product wasn't defective. Mm-hmm. It, the product was everything it was supposed to be, but the instruction hadn't been followed. Glory. And that's what has happened to us. Mm-hmm. So for those of you out there who've got maybe a bad taste in your mouth yes. or maybe you'd say the product doesn't work for me, um, I want to say to you – it it will work. <laughs> it does work. Always and is. and and if we'll just go back, which is what we're trying to do, is let's go back to the blueprint of the first century, and that's the on off switch. That's the fuel. That's the line. Those are the things that make the product do what it was designed to do, and that is to be able to live it out in a very real practical, life-changing, experiential uh, a life of, of walking in the Spirit. And so don't throw the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. Don't take your weed eater back, okay? it's uh, This is about... <laughs> Fix the baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just if, go back to the instructions, and, and uh, it'll work. What is, it, what is it, Owen? How do you say it? If we do what... Yeah, I was going to... I was waiting on that minute. Yeah, yeah. It's like our little motto, if we do what they did, we will have what they had. Because we know for a fact that they did it. We know for a fact that angels guided them. We know for a fact that they had incredible miracles. Or We remember the time Paul was trying to collect some firewood and a snake jumped out of the the, uh, fire uh, pile of wood and bit him and hung on his hung on his hand i had that happen to a relative of mine years ago he pulled his hand out and a big snake was hanging on it Mm. and so the thing is though that snake was a fatal Mm. so paul was now terminal and so all the people on the beach watched to see him uh, kick the bucket and (laughs) topple over and he just sang and went his way (laughs) and so they learn see so you say well yeah that was then this is now no snakes are the same but so is god and so is the power of the spirit and so is a little thing that uh that we call the gifts of healings Mm -hmm. what are the gifts of the spirit can overcome any snake no matter how big he is Mm. so the point is why don't we do less of what we're doing today and more of what they did then? Right. Yeah. Experience. Experience yeah. the power. So I think we got to be we got to be willing to uh, to first of all acknowledge the problem and looking for the solution. Yeah, that's it. Looking for the answers, and then let's just uh, maybe put it in these terms: take the risk, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, take the risk and 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 jump in. And, and experience it for yourself. And as we keep talking about, that is uh, that is a very convincing. When you experience it, when it moves off the page and into your life, bingo. That's a good way to say it. You know, Shannon, I was in, in one of our small groups uh, about a week ago, and I asked them, I said, now, I think there were 10 or, or 11 people there that night, and I said, now, have you ever actually prayed, mm. specifically prayed, God, give me the fruit of the Spirit and yes. the gifts of the Spirit because I need it? Right. And they stared at me like frightened rabbits, you know? <laughs> but but uh, I tell the story about the time in my life, and I was so clueless 
that I didn't even know what terms to use. Mm. So my best friend and I at that time, we were sitting in a car in the driveway of my home. And we both leaned over and put our heads on the dashboard and prayed. And here's all we prayed. Mm -hmm. God, give us everything that they had in the first century. Amen. Right. That's all we prayed. Right. And within three or four days, we were experiencing miracles. Yeah. And so I think that's what everybody needs. Just yeah. give me what they had. I'm telling you. Can you imagine <laughs> if that catches on? Glory, glory, Wow. Glory. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. And I think it's uh, notable that we need to, to say to people that uh, it's certainly not at a level that we, we believe is possible um, but in different ways, all of us are experiencing yeah. these things in, mm-hmm. uh, within our congregation and some of the small groups at yeah. our meeting and uh, testimonies of, of things that God is doing in people's lives. And so um, this is this is uh, this is real. This is, you know, God is the ultimate reality. And so this is real. This is happening and um, unfortunately, the good news has been turned into either no news or bad news, and we're trying to get it back or to the wrong news. yeah, or wrong news. Yeah, we're trying to get it back to the good news that it actually is. You know, John, I tell the story in the book about the young man that called me at breakfast one morning and said, "I it, this is urgent. I've got to come over and ask you a question." Mm. <laughs> so I said, "Well, I'm eating breakfast, but come on." <laughs> and so he rang the doorbell a few minutes later came in and sat down at the chair at my breakfast table and looked uncomfortable and he scratched and he shifted and I said well go ahead what is it you you have and he said well he said what would you do if you opened the morning paper and there were great big headlines and they said that a a manuscript had been dug up in the desert mm. and it proved without question that Christianity was a hoax wow. and that Jesus Christ had never lived. Mm. What would you do? Mm. And I took a bite of eggs and said, I'd believe it anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. And wow. he screamed and he said, what, what, you can't do that. What are you talking about? You do it anyway. <laughs> Why? How could that be? Right. And I said, because I've experienced it. Right. I said, I've experienced angels and gifts Mm. and the fruit of the Spirit and heaven here on earth. And I don't care what they put in the paper or what they dig up. I know it's real because I've experienced it. Mm. And I go back to the seal again, you know. Practical experience is worth a lifetime of theory. Yeah, And we've been working on theory. Yeah, yeah. I like Owen oh, the old hymn. You remember it says, "You ask me how I know He lives. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, He lives within my he heart. Lives within. Yeah, yes. yeah. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, whether you dig anything up, that's what most most books you just call them a book. Mm. Uh, false teachings. That's what the, that's what they're. That's you didn't have to dig that up. They're already writing that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's a good. That's a very valid question that he asked you. But it's 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 not a past thing. It's it's a present day thing, unfortunately. And so I think you know there's there's also some fear. We talked about fear a little earlier that that. Um, uh, 
fear in moving forward is is they're also afraid of what God will do and and the this the the miracles the the life change and all of that. Uh, one thing that I try to pray, you know, myself and also we pray in our with our family, we pray with our with our students and everything is we pray that that you know asking God to help us to represent Jesus the way He wants to be represented. You know, the the Acts two church mm. and not the way. I feel like that I've interpreted, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to represent Jesus the way I want to represent Jesus. <laughs> I want to represent Jesus the way he wants me to be, to, uh. to be representative of him. And so, uh, you know, I think that all kind of ties into that as well is, is that, uh, you know, we, 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 we want to represent Jesus the way he wants us to be represented, not the way, you know, I'm doing it or somebody else is doing it mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. And so, um, and you know how we do that, Shannon? Mm-hmm. We let the Holy Spirit, Spirit. flow through us. Mm-hmm. What Jesus called in John 7 38, those rivers of living water mm-hmm. yeah. that, that bubble up within us. Can I tell you, Shannon, mm-hmm. one funny story? You mentioned fear again, and it shows how we don't understand these things. Mm-hmm. I've never told this story mm-hmm. to you. Years and years ago, a famous surgeon came to me for counseling, and he said, you know, I'm a Christian, but he said, I I just, I just can't do what you do. I just can't go all the way with it. I just can't give my life to it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, why not? He said, well, actually, he said, I'm afraid God will send me to Africa (laughs) to be a a surgical missionary. And he said, I love my home and my practice here, and I don't want to go. And he said, so what do you think about that? Mm. I said, well, i tell you how the answer is. I said, if God did tell you to go to Africa and you did Mm -hmm. go, I said, you would be the happiest surgeon Mm. in Africa. Mm -hmm. And see, that's the point. We don't mm. trust God. Right. Don't you think he knows right. what would make us happy? Yeah. I like to think of it like this. So when people say, well, I don't want to. Well, if, if, you, if, you, if you're following the Spirit, he gives you the want to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly, exactly right. Yeah. See, you can't, you can't uh, out-talk it or out-think it. It's too <laughs> wonderful to be dealt with. Right. God's cover, You know, God's smart when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's covered every single corner and every single floor, ceiling, and all four walls. He's I, got it fixed. Yeah, I read something this week that just really, really was an inspiration to me. It was along the lines of why uh, why are we going to spend forever, eternity with God? And the answer was it will take it. <laughs> it, it will take it for us to yeah. ever increase, ever Touch it'll it. be increasing um, throughout in other words, God couldn't or was, won't manifest himself in 10 years or 10,000 years, that it'll take uh, forever, mm. eternity, ever increasing the glory of yeah. God that we will be experiencing wow. the wonder of who he is. Mm. You couldn't confine it to a century or a millennia. It's got to be uh, infinite. And isn't that something to think about? Well, we can't yeah. think about it. You know, yeah. uh, my wife, uh, my wife's uh, father, who's in heaven now, uh, was a minister. And she talks about it. She's told me this story six or eight times. She says that he used to describe eternity this way. If a sparrow... Uh, went to the beach and picked up a grain of sand and flew to England and put it down 
and flew back to America and got another grain <laughs> and flew to England and put it down and did this until the entire beach was moved. Uh, uh, eternity would only have just started. Mm. Mm. Wow. And that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. But, but imagine spending that with God and the angels and all of that wonderful power. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I can see uh, that uh, from the big clock on the wall uh, <laughs> that our time is up for this episode. And that's one thing about heaven. We won't have to live Amen. by the clock. Amen. Uh, and this has been one of the most interesting episodes we've done thus far. Amen. It's just been fun to knock this around a little bit. And uh, thank you so much for joining us and our friends out in uh, podcast land. I want to remind you that this is episode 14 and the script uh, and the recording of this are found on our website. Remember, it's www.goscpod.com. That's uh, G-O-S-C-P-O-D.com. But for now, this is John Shields. This is Shannon Wolf, And this is Owen Allen saying, May the God of our fathers bless you and keep you and guide you, and protect you until we meet again.